Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Today, we're continuing our interview with Danny Bennett, who's the pastor of Hope Church in Santa Cruz, California. It's basically a skater, surfer church, and they are doing some incredible things. They've been given some free property, real estate, and God is blessing in some unusual ways. But when I met you, you were a little bit discouraged. Uh, You'd been trying to help another pastor, and that ended up in some political complications uh, with the denomination. And, And I remember they were offering you money if you wouldn't start in Santa Cruz. And then you guys, I mean, you're a Santa Cruz surfer. Uh, You guys are working in coffee shops, so you're freelance. You don't need church money to do what you're doing. And and you started evangelizing, and a church came out. That's my take. What really happened? Yeah, good question. Um, Yeah, so we always felt called to plant a church, my wife and I. It was like that seed was planted really pretty young. Like I think I was 19 years old when someone handed me the, your book, how to start a new church. And I don't know where, I can't remember where that was. And I remember um, the pastor that I worked under, I served with uh, in Southern California had a, just a vision to church to plant churches. And it just, I'd never heard of anybody that had that vision before. And I just never seen that. And it just, it sparked something in me. And, but I, I never, my wife and I, we just, being in Southern California and then being in, in the area of Northern California where we were, there was a lot of great churches and it just didn't seem like there was a need. And then we started surfing in Santa Cruz um, shortly after we moved up here in, to Northern California. And we just fell in love with this town. And it's a town where there's, we have one mega church here and it's probably like a couple, two, 3000 people, but there's about 25 or 250,000 plus people in the area. So we don't have a lot of, uh, you know, there aren't, like I said, there's only one large church and there's a couple mid-sized churches, but I'm thinking it's like three to 5% mm-hmm. no, you know, goes to church or uh, affiliates as a Christian. And, um, and so we knew that anyway, so we just felt called to plan a church and not just exclusively, but we felt like, who, you know, no one was reaching the surfers and the skaters and that's like our people. Yeah. And so I remember just sitting up on the cliff, looking out there and just thinking, who's, who's even reaching, you know, these people. And um, so, yeah, we felt that calling and we talked with our, uh, our pastors and some of the, the leaders in the denomination and they were actually really supportive. Um, but uh, the, the, what they asked us to do uh, gave the assignment they gave us was to come and come alongside one of the existing churches that was in the area and they didn't have a youth group. And so come alongside and then plant out of that church, which, you know, looking back, I think, man, that's a, that's a terrible, uh, <laughs> you, you know, if there's a church that's struggling, 
it, yeah. it doesn't make sense to like go there and then plant out of there because then uh, you're going to take people. Yeah. So it wasn't a great strategy, but I think um, long story short, we prayed about it. We felt like it was what God was calling us to do. And what it afforded us to do was to come here and to, we started reaching out to local youth and it afforded us to come here and kind of like live out that year zero where you really get to know, I'm sure that's the word that we use in our church planning, right? Is you get, you want to get on the ground and you want to get to know people. And we started doing that. And I part-time worked at the coffee shop and then I was part-time helping out with the youth and uh, things didn't work out with the church that I was working at. It, 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 uh, was the strangest experience of my life. Cause I've, I've usually had a pretty good relationship wherever I've worked, but it just, it wasn't working in part, I think, because we were getting to know people in the community and wanting to lead, you know, starting to like develop those relationships in a pathway towards evangelism or, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like an end game thing. It's all, it's a process. Right. right. And you can't be like, I think, in, especially in Santa Cruz, you can't be overly intentional. You have to be almost intentionally unintentional yeah. Yeah. because if you're too aggressive, like people will sniff fake right away and, you know, they don't want anything to do with being evangelized. Yeah. So all that to say, we're making friends with people that we knew we could never invite to the existing church we were helping out with. And so that kind of accelerated the process. And, and so we, uh, we, we ended up like talking that out and th- I'm thankful that I told them up front that we feel called to plant within six months to two years. Um, it ended up being closer to six months that we were helping out with that church. And we really tried not to take anybody with us, which, you know, was a challenge because I didn't want to, I didn't want to like start something new and then yeah. like suck the ears out of the tire of somebody sure. else. That's already, you know, I, I didn't want to be that guy. So that's where some of like the, I think the, uh, the challenges came in with the denomination, you know, because, but ultimately, um, you know, we didn't have much for church planning at the time. Um, but that's really worked out to be really good because it's something that I have a passion for now. And now I'm, 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 I'm acting in that role for our denomination in our, our region to help, uh, facilitate multiplication that's and cool, just to make sure that when they, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's so fun. It's, it's a, I don't get paid anything for it, but it's a fun hobby, <laughs> you know, that's, just, but, that's my life these days. <laughs> <laughs> Ministry hobbies is yeah. what I call it. <laughs> so, uh, well then, so, so take us through the process. I mean, you guys were making friends. I, I again, my assumptions, you're, you're in the coffee shop. You're, you're basically making friends there. You're making friends in the water. Yeah. What happens next? Where do we go from there? Well, being, you know, being a strategic leader, even though I don't look that strategic, I'm not as dumb as I look. Okay. But I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm strategic, you know, and I'm thinking I have uh, I, I need to build a team. That's like chapter one in every book that is written. And then, and we felt like the Lord spoke to us something and we felt like God said, don't ask anyone. So that's weird. I'm like, and I'm going, God, what are you talking about? I'm so, you want us to plant a church and you don't want us to ask anyone. And I think it was like, I think maybe looking back, I think it was like that the Lord wanted us to, um, you know, if that was the Lord that we heard him right, we, we felt like we were not supposed to be overly 
aggressive and intentional. We were just to be like building relationship in that season. And it was cool because it really pushed us into to prayer even more. We were already like totally on our knees, you know, but yeah. it was like every time we'd meet somebody, we, we'd have them to the list. And it was kind of like a hit list, you know? And so we'd put these people on the list and we would just pray the list. Like every day we were praying for these people. And it's really cool to see over the years, how many people like ended up coming to Christ and becoming part of the church as a result of that list. But in that moment, what happened was one by one, people started coming to us. We didn't have to recruit, which is something that I believe leaders yeah. need to do, right? Yeah. Jesus, didn't, Jesus didn't take volunteers. He recruited, right? <laughs> so anyways, all these people started just like, just connecting with us. It was like one by one, God started connecting people with us. And I think it was January, 2011 that we felt it was like, it felt like that, that the, the time was right to start doing something. And so we just had like a barbecue at our house and all the people that had kind of come to us, we just invited them. And it was, I think it was like 22 people in our living room. And then it was like, you know, the next week it was 25 and the next week it was like 30. And, you know, maybe the next week it was less because our house was tiny and it was too hot and people didn't want to come, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> And then we really wanted to, um, <laughs> it sounds silly, but, uh, we had a vision for making pancakes. We started making pancakes on the beach and the rule was you can't talk about church, you know? So let's just make, make friends. Let's make pancakes and make friends. And we really wanted to meet in a school because I had just did the thing. The church I was at built a six and a half million dollar building wow. for the youth group. Wow. And it was really cool. That's not the church. Just for the youth, are trying to help Santa Cruz. That's the church you came. Yep. From. Yeah, the church I came from before coming to Santa Cruz. Uh, great church. Um, it was a little bit like the kind of the the field of dreams, though. Like if you build it, they will come. You know. Yeah. And uh, sometimes that that can be a lot of pressure. Um. And so I just really, I just want. I mean, I remember praying, God, please don't don't let us have a building. I just want to meet in like a public space. Anywhere that we can meet that, like, cause it feels safe too. So we wanted to meet in the school and then everyone was telling us, yeah, Santa Cruz isn't going to let a church meet in a school. Like that's not going to happen. And we called and it was silent for like a while, a few, several weeks. It was silent. And then I got a call uh, from the school that we really wanted to be at. The principal there called me and went and met with her. And she, it was like, she rolled out the red carpet And she said, you're not going to believe this, Danny, but I've been praying. I came to Christ at a church that met in a school. And since I've been the principal here, I've been praying for God to send us a church. It was like the perfect match. And she's been part of our church ever since. She's one of our online hosts now uh, through COVID. She, she's like uh, one of our, like, it's like a pastor, but they, they pastor people in the services and pray for people. But um, she was our principal and so we met in the school and we, uh, you know, but not having the one thing about not having a building, it's challenging to, to do youth ministry. Yeah. And so we, we were trying to figure out how to do youth ministry. And I had built a relationship with one of the local surf shop owners mm-hmm. right on kind of the main drag. There's like 10 surf shops now. And yeah. so I, I, this is crazy. Why would I ask him this? But I asked him, I said, Hey, do you have any space? that we could like build a ramp in your skate shop. 
it was skate surf shop. You know, can we build a ramp in here and you guys can use it for business all week long. If, if maybe we could just use it one night a week to hold a youth group here. And the guy went for it. Wow. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things to think about insurance and liability. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't care. He just said, go for it. <laughs> and we ended up, you know, for the, you know, we ended up finding insurance and stuff for it later, but um, yeah. So we started meeting in the back of a skateboard shop and then we built more ramps and built more ramps and, and uh, formed this youth group where pretty soon we're reaching all the neighborhood kids and we're teaching them the Bible and how to skate too. You know, that's, you know, you got to learn how to skate in Santa Cruz and you, and then, you know, we're going to teach you the Bible too. Um, so that's kind of, that's how skate church started. And um, shortly after hiring Joe Gruber, former pro skater to come on my staff and help kind of expand this ministry, the skateboard shop lost their lease. And so we lost that location and we were devastated because that was kind of like the lifeblood of our church was this outreach we had to skaters. And so we we got on our knees and prayed again. I remember just being in the school on the gymnasium floor and we had everybody get on their knees and we just prayed. And out of that came two things. One is we got a vision that what if we could build an indoor skate park that could serve the community during the week and we could also meet in it for our church on Sundays because then we could like maximize the space. And then also out of that, um, one of the local pastors here, uh, they were in a situation where the church had been in decline for a number of years and they had a building and they, he asked me and Joe to go to lunch with them. And he, and I, and we were asking him, I was asking him, Hey, can we use your parking lot temporarily Cause I thought it was too far away from where we were, but it's only like, a, it's like two miles, you know, but at lunch, he just said, Hey, what if we just give you our building? Wow. We're going to close and we're going to give you guys our building. So that church, um, closed their doors and, um, and they gave us their building and we got an army of volunteers together raised. I think we raised like $20,000, which was like a million for us, you know? Yeah. And we, <laughs> We gutted it. We turned it into an indoor skate park and uh, we still hold church in it. Well, not currently because of COVID, but we, it's been open to the community as a skate park and with skate church and our after school program flow. And um, we launched in 2015 here on Easter. Wow. So we've had a building since 2015. And uh, anyway, so that, that happened. And then two years later we were asked um, to help, with a church in Scotts Valley, which is just a neighboring community. It's about 10 minutes away, but it's, it's almost like a totally different community. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different. It's more Silicon Valley than yeah. Santa Cruz. It's like a bedroom community of Silicon Valley. And so we planted an, uh, a new church there. It's our, it's like a second location for us, but we planted a new church there. We kind of like adopt, there was like 10 people that were left. And so we adopted them into at into hope, you know, taught them how to make the pancakes and everything with us. And, uh, cause we serve pancakes every Sunday at our church services uh-huh. prior to COVID and hopefully after COVID we'll be serving pancakes again, but that whole, the pancakes on the beach thing can continued on. So, um, yeah, we adopted them into our church and then we closed that building, let the weeds grow up, took the sign down. Cause we felt like the community needed to see something new was happening there That's- while we were building up. 
Yeah, because it's really hard to come in and turn something around. You know, I was talking with the church, another church in the community here that is going through a similar thing. And everybody views that church, you know, it's it's a pretty liberal community where this church is. But everyone views that church as like the uh, conservative old guy church. You know what I mean? And so not nothing wrong with being an old guy or conservative. What I'm saying is in that community, you might have to edit that part out. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? They we, need when we first started, um, we inherited an empty building. And mm-hmm. uh first thing we did was tear down the sign. And wow. and then I had a bunch of kids. I was a youth pastor about uh, about fifty miles away. So kids for mm. the youth group came down. We planted a new lawn, but we didn't put up a sign for a long time. But for the wow. same reason. We wanted to cleanse the reputation. We don't we don't want people to think of them. We want them to think of us. We we ended up with people uh, because we were actually using the building. Uh, mm. Come up and knock on the door and go, "Who are you? What are you doing here? You know, are you serving <laughs> church?" And and it was like if we had gone in and just torn the sign down, put up our sign, it would just look yeah. like a remake of the old. And, and I think what you did, yeah, you know, I really think this is a gem in the middle of this podcast. There are uh, there are people who are going to be listening to this who need to think about. Just shut the building down, grow the weeds for a while, and then start. Um, because I think we're going to see this, this what you're describing. I, I mean, you've described it three times in one conversation, three different older churches being wise enough to hand off to a, a, a church plant. I, I think COVID is an accelerator of that. But I, I think the other thing is there's an awareness of church planting that there wasn't, like, I just found an old um, video clip that I did in 19. I mean, we didn't have a VCR. We couldn't afford one. And and, and wow. there was a guy in the church that recorded this interview I did on a Christian TV station about seven months before I moved to Hawaii. And hmm. I remember going to this thing and I was all amped that I get to be on this TV thing and talk about church planting. They did not want to talk about church planting. They're all into the whole mega church thing was kind of in liftoff at the time. And it was a big culture clash. And I, mm. I, I actually, I discovered this thing. I had it on a hard drive someplace. I discovered it like eight days ago. I put wow. it on YouTube today. And oh, uh, wow. and it's got all kind of positive, you know, I mean, it's, it's a trippy thing of here you are, you know, 100 years ago and you look different and all that. But um, there was this like this culture clash going on. And we were really mm. alone planting churches. We couldn't find anybody else in LA County that was aggressively trying to plant churches. I'm sure they existed, but we couldn't find them, but I think we're, so, so then along comes this group called exponential because I've pretty much, you know, it's like we, we had a lot of wonderful things happen in Hope chapels, but we were sort of like, you know, and in Hawaii, we ended up with a lot of influence on other, over other people, but even in the denomination we were part of, we're sort of like the lone ranger out there, you know, you do your thing and, and whatever, and we like you, but that's as far as it goes. And, and so I, I got involved with this group called exponential about 2016. And mm-hmm. um, they're talking to about 11,000 people a year, maybe more now with COVID, probably lots more with COVID. Yeah. Because the model has changed. Suddenly it's a, Church planting and, and microchurch and church multiplication are, are front burner issues. And I yeah. think that we're going to see a lot of this COVID-induced 
real estate transfer. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm just pretty excited to hear about this. Well, go on and keep talking. I want to hear more of your story. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.